like a Saturday to me. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. Today we're speaking with a gentleman by the name of Michael Taylor. Um, he's going to be speaking about being black in America. You know, it's just a general conversation that we're going to have tonight. Uh, maybe touch some topics that people are feeling very passionate about. So we're going to wait a few minutes to see if he's on. In the meantime, what are you lovely people drinking tonight? I am, I tried something new. This is a strawberry um, Moscato. So I tried it. I haven't even took a sip yet, so I'll see how that goes. But let's see if he is on today. Well, now. And plus, I tried something new with my makeup. Can you tell? I darkened my eyes. I'm very dramatic. So we're just waiting for him. Who, who's joining me? Oh, I think I've seen him. Remember, chime in, ask questions, feel free to do so. You probably can't hear me because it's adding. I always forget that part. They say it's connected. <laughs> Can you see it? Hello. Still not coming. Can you see me, Stacey, on your thing? When it adds it, it makes it slow. I mean, short. Can y'all see me good? I'm going to bring it down a little bit. I don't know. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Hey, Michael, how you doing? I'm good. Can you guys hear me and see me? Huh? Can you guys hear me and see me? I can't hear you for some reason. Hold on, let me see. Are we good now? You're very low. No. I said you're very low. Very low? Okay, I can hear you now, can you hear me? but you're kind of low. Okay. Right, can the people good. watching here, can y'all give us a thumbs up if y'all can hear? Okay, so let's proceed, Michael. Um, sometimes we have a little echoing. I don't know why, again, it could be like the time zone or what have you, I'm not sure. But um, just continue to talk even though it may echo, okay? So we're talking about being, we're talking about being black in America. What does that mean to you, Michael? Black in America means to me, um, it, it starts with you know, it starts with how you were, how we were raised. Um, I'd say, you know, uh, growing up as being black in America, we were taught, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. And that is more powerful than, I mean, a lot of stuff that, you know, people are thought, people are told when they're growing up because, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. You know, children are people as well. So when you take this away from a child, you know, you're taking away that expression what a child sees. So as a, in the black culture, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. You know, I, I ran into a situation in the classroom where I was in ninth grade and watched, watched the individual, you know, in Atlanta um, because these kids I went to school with were wearing Prada and Gucci and all this different stuff. Things that kids where I'm from out here in California, we don't, we don't have that going to school. So it was really different. And he would, 
I'm having trouble. You can't really hear me? I can. It, it's very, it's hard for me to hear. I'm sorry. It's hard for me to hear. I'm okay. sorry. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can get it. I can get inside and it'll be better. Can you, can you hear me now from inside? Better? Yes. Yes, much better. Yeah, now. Now you mentioned I did catch a little bit. You were saying something about uh, living in Atlanta as opposed to is it California and wearing yeah, different okay, clothing. So you guys can hear me now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Much better. Okay. Yeah. So basically, it was. So what I wanted to touch base on was just something that was taught to me when I was young. Was, you know. As a black child in America, you are to be seen, and children are to be seen and not heard. The adult is right, and the teacher is right. So I had a situation when I was in high school. Um, kid was bothering me in class, and eventually I had enough of it, and <laughs> it, it turned physical, and uh, it happened how it happened. Um, I think that, and I was in that same class. Um, I got a call home from a teacher, you know, and it would happen to be the same teacher who witnessed, you know, who witnessed this stuff happened to me you know this 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 kid bothered me and knew i had to end up fighting him you know she, i end up she called home but again children are to be seen and not heard so there right. again, the teacher was right i was in trouble and this was the same teacher who watched that here and let this boy do this you know so i mean it's not on it's not on parents it's not on anything it's just you know as we've gotten older and as we've been taught as you know it, things have just changed and I don't know, but that's how it was. That's how it was my black in America as as a youth for for a sense. Right, and just to touch bases really quickly about being seen and not heard, because that makes us um, as a, as a female, you know, that makes us drama filled, and you know, nobody want to see see you. I mean, hear you before they actually see you. So that did set standards for us to let us know, like, okay, it's best to just you know, kind of chill out and not say so much. Don't be so extra. But then does that make us lose our voice? You know, starting out as a young age, does, does that suppress our voice and our willing to say, okay, we just speak up at certain things? Your willingness, I think it I think it just raises the willingness to comply and the la and and it'll it'll kind of knock you from, you know, questioning things and trying to, you know, researching and maybe trying to get, you know, small information about something because you you you're you're to, you're supposed you're to comply. You you know what I'm saying? And Growing up here, it was, you, I mean, you had to listen to your parents a lot because out here it was a lot different than where a lot of other places in America. Out here you have gangs, you have colors in Southeast San Diego. So if you're with the wrong people or the wrong crowd, that could put you in life, you could put your life in a threatening manner just off that, just off of who you're around, just off where you are. You know, streetlights was a thing. Like, I was at my grandma's house. I was it, I was in by the streetlights by the time my mom was here to come pick me up, or I had to go to football practice. So it's just it was just different things that we experienced here that I know other people didn't experience because they didn't have those color problems. There wasn't codes that you had to follow. When I moved to Atlanta, they didn't have those same codes. When somebody asked you where you're from, you simply stay where you're from. It wasn't like that here. Where you're from here is is a whole different question. It's life or death sometimes. Where how we were raised. So, so let me ask you, you, you mentioned color. So when you're saying color, are you talking about gang related? Like, uh, and I, of course you can, I'm not as, 
hip to all of it. So like, for instance, the Crips and the Bloods, you wear red or blue or black or whatever. If you wear a certain color, that's just not tolerated. Like here, we can wear whatever color we want to wear. It's not that it's not tolerated. It's just who you're around, what you're doing, and it it can happen. It can happen like any any time, which was another which was one of the main reasons we moved to Atlanta because it was so much safer. You didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? It was you didn't have that where where I didn't see it as much when I was in Atlanta as I did here. Where when you see another black person, you're abrasive because you don't know what what they represent or where they're coming from. Mm. Where in Atlanta, it was always just. I saw nothing but black people. Right. And it was and it was just it wasn't the same dynamic as it was here. Of course it's more diverse, but it just wasn't the same dynamic. You get what I'm like out here you had so many different things and out there you had kids going to school with Prada and Gucci, like their life being threatened was the least of their worries. That's not what they're worried about. Right. So. Yeah, that's something we never had to worry about here in the South. You know, as opposed to living up, like you said, in, in California and have to worry about who you associate yourself with. Well, I guess in an instance, you do have to worry about that here and in, in at a certain level, but not to yeah, the point where... Yeah. And one thing I will add, though, was the difference between here and Atlanta was a big difference because the middle school I went to was the epitome of starting a young black kid to already be oh I won't I don't know how I would want to say it but it was you see institutional you see institutionalization early when I moved from here to Atlanta I got in trouble and I used to get called homes because mm -hmm. we had so you know you got tile floors in the hallway we could right. walk in the floor we had to walk on the side on these green tiles it was called the green the green mile green no the green line so you couldn't walk in the middle of the hallways you had certain times you could go to your locker to even get a pencil. You couldn't have backpacks. Like, it was institutionalization at its finest. You're sitting, you're already sitting in classrooms, so you can only walk on the edges of this building, and you're a student there. So, like so let me... Going to lunch, going to class, everywhere. And I just... Okay, and see, it looks like someone is agreeing with you. They say they were prepping you all for prison. So let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. In the bigger cities, y'all didn't have certain times or y'all didn't have to walk in a line when you guys go somewhere because, I mean, we kind of had to do it here depending on what grade we were in. So are they prepping you? Are they institutionalizing you? Or is it just teaching you structure and order? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, because it's not really, both cities were big. I moved to Atlanta. So coming from San Diego to Atlanta, it was both big cities. It's just the dynamics. Like here, they don't, here when we were in middle school, we could walk to, we could walk to the 99 cent store. Me and my friend CJ would walk to the 99 cent store and get like. During school? Yeah, for lunch. Or oh. before school. You could, you could come on campus and leave campus as long as you were back. Like we had an open campus in middle school. I know people would leave. And we went to. We've been moving to the south to Atlanta. It wasn't that it was smaller. It was just different, very different. Like wow. very. Different. It was a culture shock from how from how people just dysfunctioned every day. And like I'm like you guys. I'm walking down the middle of the hallway and I get a I get a, a, a referral. We call it. A referral or a yeah. He doesn't walk on the side. No, he's not gonna walk on the side. There's a full hallway. Why would I cram on the line? 
So do you think something like that, like you move from one place to another, do you think that causes some type of um, rebellion, you know, cause you to be rebellious towards, you know, the teachers or what have you, because now you have to follow these strict guidelines that you're not used to. Do you think that's a reason some kids move from other places and start getting in trouble? Like we're not understanding it here in the South. You get what I'm saying? So it's like why he can't walk in a straight line like everyone else. Yeah, and I think it was just the wrong idea of structure. You know, like you said, I, it might have been how they were trying to implement structure, but I mean, to confine kids to a lot, a green line, you know, like it was, it was, you know, there was times you could walk in the middle of the hallway. They're not, of course you can't have- Right, I get what you're saying. Time. But like to go places, to go to lunch, to go any, but to change classes and stuff, you know, you got to walk on a line. It was, it just wasn't, it was just a lot different than what I experienced. And it, yeah. Yeah, it someone said it's a culture shock. Um, Definitely was so a culture I, shock. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine, but I can't imagine. You, you get what I'm saying? It's just like, you got to adapt in whatever situation you're in. Um, so let me ask you this, and I hate to go back to it. Um, being that you were in Atlanta and then you were in, you're back in California now with the whole gang thing. And I don't want to sound like I'm stuck on this, but I kind of want to know, and I'm not going to say it's fake where we're at. That's not what I'm trying to say, but why is it so different as far as they're so, um, serious when it comes to, you know, what you're repping? Like I heard people get asked what you repping. you know, if you come in a certain area, but here, I don't know if it's it like that. I don't know if it's as serious. Does that make sense? And I'll, you get and what I'm trying to and say? I'll you, and I'll tell you this. I had a conversation, I had a conversation with, with somebody I had seen in passing frequently, uh -huh. but I never had a conversation with him. And he sat me down. He, I was just sitting next to him. And he said, with everything that's going on right now, I like to reach out to black men. I like to talk to the black men I don't know. Right. And see where you, because, because growing up out here, it's always been at, adverse when you see another black man because you don't know what he's repping. And he he sat me down. He asked, and when we were sitting down, he asked me a simple question. The simple question was, "Where you where you from?" Mm -hmm. And he said, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm from here." But and he was like, "Stop!" He was like, "Right there is a perfect example of the progress." And even I was talking to somebody earlier about, you know, they say, "Well, if Dr. King came back right now, how what would he say or what would he think?" He would see progress, just like the same. He would see progress. He wouldn't be happy about everything that's going on because we're still fighting the same fight today. But there is progress. Right. That's that same. As he asked me that same question, he he educated me. He said, "Now let me have asked you that question 10, 20 years ago. This conversation would have went a lot differently. If I ask you where you're from, you better give me the right answer, or you better say something, or it goes wow. Down. So it's a wow. different progressing because I just got asked that question, and no consequence or repercussions came from it. So it's progression here. It's just you know everything doesn't happen overnight. It's taking time, but." People tired, and a lot right. of stuff is going on right now. And you know, we've had nothing but time to sit in the house and see it now. You've got to. That's the truth. The so we you know, I want to get your opinion on something. Um, someone asked. You know, I post stuff on a page. You know, different questions. It's anonymous, and and I hate to take it here, but someone asked if the world would have remained segregated, how would it be different? Like, what are your thoughts on that? If if we would have remained segregated, how would, do you think there would have been a difference in the gangs, the, you know, the black on black crime, the, all this stuff? Do you think that would, would be different? 
That's an interesting question. I really, I, I don't know. But if segregation, if, if they never ended I mean, segregation. We probably will have them, but would it be so much against each other? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because they started it. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying against the black would and it, black. Would, would, yeah, if, if segregated never ended, would we be having these issues we're having now through the system and everything? Like, because the thing was wrong with, the thing that's wrong with America, as I've been seeing, as I've been educated, is the system. Like, these fools put laws in place. I just learned about the war on drugs and how they connected hippies to, to uh, marijuana and blacks with crack so that they can go into these neighborhoods. See? And take these folks down and arrest people. And the thing was, it said we could go in there, arrest their leaders, take all of them out. Did we know it was? Did we know what we were doing was wrong? Yes. Right. We did it. That's what they wanted. They needed that power, and that's what they wanted for order. And that's the truth. That's the God. And a lot of us are oblivious to a lot of stuff that go on, or like me being denial. You know, thinking like I just can't believe. You know somebody because it's somebody that would do stuff like this whether it's a system whether it's an individual it, it's a lot i i don't know it just it's a lot that goes on and it's just phrase, like go ahead you heard the phrase history repeats itself yeah think it does it. repeat itself. okay think about it i talked i talked to my mom about it i talked to my grandma now my grandma is she was been raised in tacoa georgia so she's seen it she tells me yeah michael that's how it's been that doesn't sit well with me. I, I will tell my grandma, that's not right. But you got to think, that's what she's seen her whole life. She knows her whole her life. This is the best she's seen it. Wow. And, and us, our generation probably feel this is the worst. You see what I'm saying? So can you imagine what they went through then? If, if she's saying this the best she's seen it? it that's serious. Probably, yeah, since, yes. Think about that, like where we we're like I said, it's progress, but like at what cost, you know, like that, that's that's real. We're still in trees, we're still getting gunned down, unarmed. Saw a video today, police went to a man's house. And I want to bring something up and I I need people to chime in because I could be wrong. You know, I go off a lot of you know what people go through and, and what I hear, but with the whole system thing. Okay, so if a, a mother, let's say a young mother, has a child out of wedlock, you see what I'm saying? Um, the father's in the child life. However, they're not making as much as they can make or, or you know, they're just not wealthy individuals. So now in order for someone to get assistance, from what I know, like you got to put the father on child support or you got to put them in a system. You get what I'm saying? In order to get assistance, like you, you set these black men up or maybe white men up for failure or another thing, another thing that's keeping them stuck. Okay. So now I need assistance. I need a place for my children and I to stay. So we say in section eight or housing or whatever you want to call it, uh, again, me and my baby's, um, my kid's father are still together, but they can't live with us. They can't live with me and, and their kid because, again, I'm getting assistance. So is this system set up for failure? Yeah, it is. Like, like I, I, I don't know. You get two parents in the home and get assistance regardless of because you got two incomes. What if those two incomes ain't enough for everybody in that house? Y'all, you still right. don't need a you still gonna need something. Nine dollars an hour ain't getting it when you got a baby, whether you just got one kid or not. 
and, 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 and that's, that's another yeah. thing. That's another thing where I yeah. try to, I try to, if I try to slowly but surely because not everybody will have the opportunity to leave leave these fifty one states. Right. And I, and I, but if anybody does get the opportunity to leave outside of America, go see how much we're appreciated outside of these fifty one states. I guarantee you that. Like I was, I was talking, I was talking to my pops earlier. He said, "You know how many people right, in service have back? Everywhere I've been in a, in in the world, I've seen American military men that stayed there, and I really don't blame." So that's that's what I want. If anybody can get out and go see other things and see how we're appreciated, how our culture is loved, how we're embraced throughout the world, I can tell people all the time to go do it. censorship you know What's right on? america's the best place i'll tell you from experience there's plenty of other great beautiful places in this world outside of america america is a great place dope i'm from here born and raised but there's places outside of this outside of this country where i get treated for who i am not for the color of my skin not because exactly. i'm a male I get treated for who I am because the person I am. And when I open my mouth, people respect it even more because they'll see who I am. And that's right. why I get judged. Rather than what I'm seeing walking down the street in America, I'm a black man. You're a black man. I'm a larger black man because I because I'm an athlete. I'm a larger black man. I'm an athlete. So that's just how it goes. And that and and we've known that. But when I'm out there, don't worry about that at all. And and like uh, I think as Carrie said, um, I'm trying to see. Uh, definitely set up to limit progression. Totally agree. And then make you choose between progress and complacency. And and that's the god honest truth. I couldn't agree more. Um, Deidre said that's why a lot of women say they don't know who the father is. Exactly. Um, Rebecca Damn. said maybe that's a good idea. Help get housing for families. Exactly. Yes. That's something. I mean, and then it's so. And I'm not gonna say it's so hard, but. Like he was mentioning, and, and, and he's not the first person said this, and I promise you we don't rehearse this stuff. They appreciate us more in other countries than we appreciate ourselves. Why? They love Why? us. I cannot, I cannot reiterate this to people. They love us. But here's the you thing. You can't have that conversation Because so many people are not even open to that. So many people don't even think. They just think, oh, this is what I know. This is all I got. Right. I got it here. But home, I'm telling y'all now, there's avenues out here. There is. There really is. And you and it's and we're appreciated. But people don't know that, you know. And it's another thing. It's censorship. When when America America's gonna show you that this is the best place on earth. They're gonna talk right. about how bad Mexico is. But why are people going down to Cancun all the time? They're gonna show you how bad, they're gonna tell you how bad Haiti is. They're gonna tell you how bad all these other places is. They're gonna tell you how it is in Germany. They're gonna tell you how it is over there in Russia. Right. The right. censorship. Mm -hmm. they, told, they told us not to go, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we heard a lot of not going when we went just for vacation to Cancun, you know? But it, it, I mean, I have great experiences when I travel. I haven't had the um, luxury of going to Japan or, you know, uh, um, Thailand or anything, but I'm getting there. I'm going to go because I hear great things about it. But I do want, you know, like you said, just to reiterate, I do want people to know there's there's no limit. You know, South Carolina, um, 
what Atlanta, Georgia. wherever. Like we gotta broaden our horizons. We gotta get out there. We gotta again. And I know I said this every time. We cannot hold our children back. If they want to go, we have to let them go. Look at it. We as have a place to. For us to visit them. We do commercialize um, bad spots here. That's the truth. Progression. That's the truth. Really... Yeah. We have to. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta come together one way or another. You know, and and another thing that I noticed towards each, towards each other, but I know another thing is, and I know we probably talked about this before, is we withhold information from each other. You know, you don't want to see the next person. Okay, if I tell them this piece of information, they're gonna do better than me. You, we can't be like that. You know, if if you're content and confident in yourself, share the knowledge. Like we have to start working have- for each other. You gotta support. You gotta support the people around you that's in your day to day. Just like you go support a minute, just like, okay, yeah, these folks don't know Michael Jordan. They'll go drop $200 on some shoes. Yeah, but won't they sure will. You so know, I was... Jordan got millions of dollars. Yep. Millions of dollars, probably. But you won't support your homeboy and buy his shirt? Yeah. Somebody who you... Y'all roll bicycles together. But you know what? what <laughs> it just... I don't know. I wish I could explain it. It's different types of level of support. You know, it's all—it's not always financially. It could be, you know, just telling a word of mouth. Before we had social media, before we had social media, we had, you know, we did a lot of this, and that's how things got around. People don't even, people don't even speak good of your name anymore. Like people, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing? Yeah. And it's the people that that surrounded you that, and you're gonna talk about the person who's next there to you. you. To this person behind their back you know we just we just all got to come together and like i've always i've always like one thing i told when i was on the football and i i said it it may be a bad analogy you can open the fist and you can slap somebody it ain't gonna hurt but when you close your fist and you put it in you put it on somebody that's pain that's so pain unity, it's unity it's, it's power and unity it really is it's power and unity but the only way we're going to see that and achieve that is if we stop being fearful of the what ifs you know that word that that phrase what if holds a lot of us back you know we'll always be wondering what if i would have what if i would have just if? do it just do it take somebody it. saying something here take that, that leap um, somebody said exactly that's the problem with i'm sorry for some reason i can't really see that's the problem with our race we don't we don't sit together um somebody said um if housing was more affordable inflation has a large gap from the actual cost of living and most families are struggling because of this the minimum wage is not sufficient because of this wide gap hold on there's more i gotta push more um because of the wide gap the wealthy do not have this issue for a reason it keeps the rest of us divided and it was designed this way and i'm starting to believe it i i I, i'm starting to believe it it. and it does start with family i agree with that 100 i think that's the first thing you mentioned um michael when you first came home okay but think about this who the who the hell taught y'all about financial education we don't who, who told us We've never taught financial education. What do they teach you in school? Math, science, stuff like that. They don't teach you. Are you taught how to balance a checkbook? Are you taught how no. to do your taxes? Are you, no. talk, are, you, are you taught about credit and how it can mess you up? Do they teach us that? Teach you credit. Like credit is one of the biggest things if you're going to be living inside of America. You can't get nothing off. If you don't have good credit, you better have good cash. 
Right. right. That's it. Um, somebody said simply help share or promoting your friends or family business product. That's it. Just as simple. But, you may not have it financially. And I said it's but you got a mouth to talk. It's like crabs in a barrel. Some family members don't want to see you succeed. That's true. Some families are like strangers too. However, and you can vouch, when you got ready to go to college, what did I do? I what, took you shopping. Took I had a job. car. I took you shopping. <laughs> did everything for I me. I gave you my car. Yeah. I pay your bills yeah. so I can see you succeed and get through college. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll do what I have to do so she can make it. Once she make it, then you right. know, I can go ahead and do. But a lot of people don't do that. They a lot of people don't. They to push that person. Whether it's family or not, a lot of people do not stick together because, again, they don't want people to be Get above them. And it's, it's, just, it's just the empowerment of your, fellow, of your fellow man, like, Again, if you've seen if you've seen somebody grind, shed blood, sweat, and tears with you, how do you not want them to succeed? Period. Right. How right. do you how do you how do you stab? You can't you can't stab in the back because that's that, that's bad karma. Got start coming around. It's gonna catch back. It's up gonna come you. back. It's gonna come but, back around. We do it is. It is. But, but, but it, oh, that's good. Do. We do go to I know when I schools, went to school, we didn't do it. We teach them how to write checks because the school don't teach them. So we take the time out to go to different to schools, go to different schools, and teach them how to budget, how to write checks, um, loans, credit. We talk to them about all that stuff. Even if it's five dollars to put up, save, save now. Save now. You're right. Save now. We we have to do better by our children. Um, also, you know, I just want to touch on something with the whole gun violence thing. You know, because I know you probably, you know, it's everywhere. But, like, where does it start? Like, where are these kids getting guns from? You know, is it, and I'm going to be honest, because we be honest on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. Are they getting it from the white man? Is the white man selling these these young kids guns just because no. they know they're going to kill each other? Is it, the, is it the G's out here, the old school G's, and I'm probably saying it wrong, out here, you know, okay, bring me $200, I got you a gun. Like, where... Are they getting these guns from to kill each other? Think about it. They're smuggling the guns. Think, from the think, okay, think about, think about this. I, I don't know where they're getting them from, but the one thing about America that no other country has is armed citizens. Think about it. Is what? As a country, is armed citizens. Think about it. How many people in America just have guns? We're a walking army. Citizens yeah. of America are in mm -hmm. itself. Think about how many households have guns. That's true. If you take the military out, ain't nobody gonna come to America and mess with it. We still got guns in almost every household. We're an army in itself. And that's mm. why it's always the government should be afraid of the people. The people should not be afraid of the government. Because we outnumber them by so many. And that's why us being peaceful about it is that's that's the best way. That's a, that's a good change because when it comes violent, there's no going back. And that's why nobody wants it to get violent because it's not it's not that point. We're all human. And and the issue with what's going on right now, it's not race. It's inhumanity. Because when you take it, it's crime on the human, it's crime on the human species. When you treat another person as less than as less than a human being, that's where you have the issue. That's where the issue starts and that's where the issue right. ends. Because if you're not, if when we're being inhumane to each other, that's that's wrong. That's out. Period. 
that that can't be it. It can't be you mm -hmm. treating somebody different because they're a female. It can't be you treating somebody different because they're Asian. It can't. And stereotypes don't help either. But okay, speaking about treating people, now let me ask you this: Do, do you feel that starts from home? Because I'm a I'm a I'm a raise my kid to treat everybody with respect. I'm gonna raise you to have morals and values. You see what I'm saying? So if you can sit here and disrespect another adult or someone you don't even know, then that means you don't even respect me. No, I have to adjust. It, it starts, and it starts Look, in the household because everything I am today is the teachings okay. of my mama. Everything I am right now is the teachings of my mama and the influences I've had around me, my grandparents, my little brother. I always say my little brother changed my life because I because before him, I did whatever I wanted until he started doing whatever he wanted. That changed me because I not only had control of my life, I controlled his too. Yeah. So if I go down the wrong path, he going down the wrong path because I'm, I'm who he looking up to. I'm his big brother. If I had an older brother, I would I would have been the same way. You want to be just like them. So I right. believe it does start it starts in the homes and it's your influences. But you can't blame the home for everything. You're going to be the person you're going to be. That's true. Period. That, so that's true. You be when you go out, because when you go to school, that's you. That's your raising, but that's you. Your mama ain't there. When you go out in this world, when you go out in this world, other people ain't with you. That's you. However you want to project yourself, exactly. that's on you. So you and and that's something else I wanted to say. Just because, like I was saying, I teach my kids, you know, morals, values, isn't that? However, like you mentioned, those influences that plays a major part of who you surround yourself with, and that can change your whole mental. You know, I don't care what mom and daddy taught me. I'm doing what I want to do. Me and my boys or me and my girls going to do what we want to do. That's just the way it is. So I need some of the parents to understand just because your kid got in something or did something that you forbidden or you, it's not your fault. You know, don't, don't beat yourself up about it because these kids have brains of their own. But not only that, we don't realize how much these kids actually go through. Yeah. When and how much they know with their little peers. creatures. Children know children. I remember stuff from when I was a child. I remember when we were at football practice, they would come by shooting and we had to lay face mm -hmm. down. Like you that's remember like you, stuff, saying. so much stuff that happens in your childhood that you remember. I still remember the day my I still remember the day the yeah. last time my dad lived in San Diego, California. I still remember the day he left. I remember all that stuff. All that stuff still sticks with you. Like throughout your life, you know, like as a child. So you're. I don't care. I've gotten older. I just feel as I always thought there was a big process you're going through as an adult, mm -hmm. and there is. It's called life. But I thought there was like just this ever-changing like event where you just step through. It's not right. like that. We're the same kids we were. We're just a result of the experiences and what this world has taught us. That's true. That's very, very true. Experiences, experiences, experiences. Heck, a lot of us get jobs based on experiences. No. So, yeah. It's just who you know. Well, who you know, but we do get jobs based on a level that, of that experience. <laughs> That's true, too. I mean, I don't know. I just want us as a, as a, um, as our whole entire race, and you know, it's not being racist, but I need us to do better. You know, we all see no. it. We all see it. We we need to do better. It's not us I speaking think, about our, us speaking about our own issues. Trying to solve our own issues. It's not about race or anything. We're trying to solve something that's internal. This has this is no offense to any white. Uh, no, not at all. Not who's, who's, we got to do better. 
this is no offense to them. We're trying to solve internally our own problem because right now that we're the ones who not mattering. We're the ones who got to go out there and do this and say our lives matter. The smallest, do you know the, how minute of saying something matters is? We don't want equality. We're not trying to get even. We don't want 400 years of oppression for you. We want to matter the simplest form. You know how small, take, take, a, take a specimen of matter. You can't physically see this right. because it's that small. You know how minute mattering is? It's just that you guys, your lives actually matter. That's it. That's it. That's, that sums it up. I can't even, I, it's nothing else to say after that, Michael. That sums it up. We, is that we, we matter. want to matter. We, matter. Yeah. we don't want, we don't yeah. want reparations. We don't, for no, no. Take we, want we just want to matter. Respect. We want, we yeah. Want we want to be respected. That's it. Not overlooked. I want to be able to walk down the street or drive down the street and my cousin who's sitting next to me not have to worry about, oh, there go the, there go the boys, there go the baths. <sighs> we got to go home or something like that. Like, we should not have to that. As law-abiding right. citizens, I have no criminal record. Have been, I, I, don't, I don't commit crimes. I shouldn't have to worry about the police bothering me, period. That's true. That's so true. And unfortunately, and, and it's sad to say, that's the way the cookie, cookie is crumbling right now. Gotcha. And we can't change it. Yeah. It is. Not right now. You can't change the color of your skin. You can't change who you are. We just got to do better as individuals. And I wouldn't. And I wouldn't change it either. I wouldn't change nothing. I wouldn't switch my life and quiet with anybody else. Yep. I love being me. I love having the skin I'm in. I love being a black man. Knowledge is power. Yep. Knowledge is power. What are you always taught? The most dangerous, the most dangerous black man is an educated black man. Is an educated black man. Hello. That's, Hello? that's why right we now. need to start so picking up and reading. Yeah. Let me tell you what. I was conversate. Yeah. Open up to yeah. others. Do what we're doing. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people. I, I've seen a lot of people bashing and sip and talk. I just don't say it. But that's what we do. We talk. We try to talk. You get what I'm saying? It just these are conversations that need to be had. I have conversations like this, maybe not on video. I say I have at least five of these a day with somebody yeah, outside of me. Yeah, we do too. You if you have a conversation there. like People this here. generally with the next person, they think you're crazy. They think you're crazy when you start talking about all kind of different stuff. I love to talk. It, these are things that need to be said. Need to be said. The, be the best thing you can tell is your story because nobody yep. else has it. Nobody Hello. I tell my life story from my point of view. Exactly. Tell you your point of view, your life from your point of view. They can't. I can sit here and I can judge you for, for whoever you are, but I don't know your life. That's why exactly. I say everybody who they are and who they and, and how they are, not what other people say, because that's another person's view of them. Another person's view not gonna be your view of that person. Absolutely. Absolutely, Michael. I, I love it. You know, this whole conversation gave me chills. I just love your passion about everything we discussed. I appreciate you coming on just to share that with us. We're going to have to do this again. You know, just have an open discussion Friday night, just talking about whatever comes to our head. Michael, I really appreciate this. A lot of things needed to be said and heard from a black man. You see what I'm saying? So I appreciate this. I appreciate you sharing it not backing down and just saying how your heart feels. So I don't want to hold up the rest of your Friday, but I really, really, really appreciate you. Is there anything else you want to share um, with us? Yeah. I, the last thing I just want to say is, um, you know, my life, 
really changed when I when I got to the point mentally where instead of closing my fist, I opened my mind. Mm. And when that light bulb came on, like just to try to, you know, maybe sometimes you're raised or you know the thing you're your influence in your life, you you react to things violently. I listen to a lot of Nipsey Hustle as well and and his maturation, you know, and it's like when you get the knowledge, you come to find out you can understand a person more rather than just fighting them or being violent with them. If you that's that's what this country needs is understanding. Nobody yeah. understands white folks don't understand what it feels like to be black in America. No. Nobody understands there, there's an understanding that's not had there. I don't know what it feels like to be white in America. Right. I don't know that. So there's no understanding, and that's a buffer we need to stop and we need to jump because these conversations is the only way we're gonna get that done. Amen. That's the truth. That's the only way. We gotta stop being scared. Let's talk about it. We can't we can't fault you for your opinions. We can't fault you for any of that. And again, like April said, knowledge is power. And like you said, you close that fist and open up your mind, your brain, your knowledge. So we got we gotta start doing that, people. We have to share it with one another. I don't care if you don't wanna put it on the page, hit it in somebody's inbox. If it's beneficial to them, let them know. Whether they receive it or not, you did your part. And that's all we ask. So seeds. You ain't go. You you plant a seed. You ain't gonna see it sprout the next day. You gotta plant it, water it, watch it, let it go get some sun. Eventually, it'll flourish. It'll, it'll flourish. But if you planting seeds, you gotta let them things grow. Yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Again, Michael, I really appreciate it. This was great. We definitely have to do this again because it's needed right now. You know, just the conversations, people giving feedback. I appreciate everybody that chimed in. Thank you guys for tuning in so much. Um, Michael, again, thank you so much. You didn't have to do this, and you did. And I, trust me, somebody felt it, somebody learned from it, and you touched somebody tonight. So I thank you so much for that, Michael. Um, no so problem. Thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of your day. What time is it there? It's 8.44 here. So what is it, 5.44 there? Yeah, it's still early. We still, we can okay, it's early for you. <laughs> All right, well, you enjoy the rest of your day, and, and you be safe, okay? That was good. Take care. Y'all be good. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. So, y'all, that was great. I'm going to go back. I wanted to um, have a, a short discussion. Okay. Um, we brought it up to where parts in the home, mm -hmm. and I did post about our mom and our grandparents did an awesome job by shielding us, right? I don't think I was shielded. Well, that's what I was about to say. Uh -oh. Even though we were raised around the same people, same house, we're sister and brother in there. I mean, sister, sister and brother. She calling me a man? Like, but sisters or what have right. you, my experiences was different. were different than yours. But do you think that's because parents learn from their first child? You see what I'm saying? Because I know I was a little more hard on Kali than I was on the other two. So maybe mama was a little harder mm -hmm. on you. I mean, yeah, of course she was harder on me, but not only that, I feel as if because of some of the experiences that I encountered, it wasn't just mama or grandma, it was me looking after you as well. Um, you felt obligated? Yeah. I mean, but that's see, that, just that, being an older no, sibling. That came from the guy, the Guyana part from dad, oh, okay. from daddy making 
I mean, that was something he instilled in me that I had to be your protector. But a lot of people don't know growing up. I mean, it was like a cultural shock. And I think you were just too young to remember. But from being born and going to school in Chicago. And then um, we left Chicago and went to Tennessee. And Tennessee, you might not remember, but we were living... In Lewisburg, Tennessee, mm -hmm. the KKK would actually have marches coming down the yeah, street, and we remember. would stand out there and watch. I was the first Black Daisy um, ever, Girl Scout ever. Oh wow! I have the newspaper clipping. They took a, a picture of me because you was the only Black. I was the only Black, and I mean, I had it was times I had to actually fight for you to stand up for you. So it was a lot of things that we encountered that you may not remember. But, I mean, I think it comes from a lot of our family shielding us from that racism and everything mm. that um, when we get older, and that's why I said, I don't care what you instill right. in your child within the house, once they get out, you can't, you can't. shield them Even at in school. school because yeah. I've been called nigger. I've been called all kind of names and everything. Even though the, what they did instill in me still taught me how to handle it, I feel, in a better way than lashing out. Right, right. But um, you can't blame yourself for what your child may do. Right, from I agree 100%. Outside the house. I agree 100%. And that's what I wanted to say about that from the conversation that we was having on there. Yeah. Um, I don't care what you Streets. Um, coming in contact with different people just at school, teachers. I remember I got a whipping. I was the only black child again in the classroom and they were talking and I got a whipping, a paddle because she said it was me talking. So she whipped me for no reason. Mm. I mean, things like that actually things like that actually stick it and it, and stick it sticks to you. That's like and, Michael was saying, you know, yeah. he remember when this and, and that. It and it makes me, you feel some type of way. It makes you feel some type of way and it makes you out to be a fighter. So therefore, when my kids come home and tell me different things that happen at school, I'm not letting it go. You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah, because you, you dealt different. with it. Exactly. You experienced it. Exactly. I understand. So, yeah. I understand. We can't beat ourselves up about every no. little thing. You just have to, hopefully, that you instill the right thing and hope that your child would know how to handle it right. the correct way. Right. Yeah, that was very, that was, you know, thanks for sharing that information. Um, y'all, I'm going to let y'all get back to your Friday. I'm going to get to my Friday. <laughs> and as we always say, peace and love. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. You guys rock. Love you. <laughs>